Yo, this is Carl Gaida. I just saw Ian tweet why, why nobody's calling the hotline, so I thought I'd call. I have absolutely nothing of consequence to add here. Anyway, I love what you guys are doing. Peace. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's Thursday morning. That means it's time for another Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is the podcast we believe but in the e-business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you today. Those around me is my captain, my co-host, a man who I call Egon. That's some insider information, but his rapping name is E to the Busy. If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we're going to give you four reasons why we think you should start a podcast to help market your business. And Ian's even got a little special quick tip in there. How you doing, Ian? Pretty good. How you doing, D-Dog? Doing good. I checked out iTunes today. Speaking of rapping names, we got a review from D-Train, who I call the D-Money. He's part of the Tropical MBA family. He said, so many people in the lifestyle business category are speaking theoretically getting their info from books and so on. Dan and Ian are walking the walk and running a real business. Thanks, D-Money. It, yes, Ian, it's true, and it's unfortunate. We are running a real business, balance sheets, cash flows, hard goods products, and all. Wow, I just depressed myself. Yeah. What's going on in San Diego? Bright, bright in my day. <laughs> oh, man, I got no bright news over here. I'm looking at my cat. I have the most expensive cat you've ever heard of. That's Bala. Have you ever heard of a $2,000 cat? I have a $2,000 cat. <laughs> That's so yuppie of you, dude. You, so you had to take your cat for surgery. You got duped by your own negotiation tricks. Oh, that's a whole episode. Yes. <laughs> if you want to hear about Ian's cat drama, follow him on Twitter at anything Ian. I love using Twitter, so I just want to remind the audience that we do use it. I'm at Tropical MBA. Ian, we've got a new business launching this week called the TropicalWorkforce.com. I want to point listeners there. A lot of people have been asking me dude, I want to run my own Tropical MBA. In fact, a lot of our friends have run Tropical MBA looking type programs. And both of our friends who did it both had blog audiences. So it's tough for people who don't have an audience to run something like a Tropical MBA. So at the Tropical Workforce, we're going to try to basically scale that program. And I'm really excited about it because basically... You know, we've run eight internships, and by far it's been the coolest thing that I've ever done in my business career is be a part of this. Like, it's so much fun, and we just, you know, we're just, everybody's just grinning constantly. Like, we're so happy we get to live this kind of lifestyle, and my hope with this new business is that we can scale it and bring more people into that family of people who are are living these kinds of lifestyles, the kind of lifestyle that I used to just dream about, dude. So the tropical MBA is definitely one of the biggest talking points when you, uh, when you start to talk about our business. I mean, it's just one of the more exciting things just because it's changed so many people's lives. And now we work with these people every day. They've become our friends. Yeah. 
this is going to be explosive. The idea is dangerous that people can have employees working all over the world. For them, uh, it enriches the people's lives that are working and enriches the employer's uh, yeah. lives in companies. I mean, it's just like a win-win. It's, it's really amazing. It's one of those sweet spots, you know, where you're just like, everybody's winning, you know, like across the board. It's, it's so much fun. As a startup founder, you get employees you know, into your business like way sooner than you would ever be able to get them in in any other way, like contributing proactive employees. And as an employee, you get to work directly with an entrepreneur, build a startup and travel the world while you do it. You know, we have very strict guidelines. If you want to join the program, you have to be, you know, you have to allow your employee to travel. Like there's lower working hours and for normal jobs, like you, you can go check it out the site, tropicalworkforce.com. Another benefit is that to say something cool about your company, because, you know, it's tough to sustain conversations with people when you're talking about cat furniture, Ian. People are like, yeah, I'm done with the cat furniture conversation. But when you talk about that, oh, I've got these guys that are traveling the world and we go to, you know, we go to Thailand every now and then. And it's like, wow, people want to hear about that. Hey, here's a secret. Um, we bootstrapped our business and the way that we were able to do it was through these tropical MBA kids. And so if we didn't have them, I don't know if we would really have a business. It's a, it's a secret sauce, man. Speaking of the secret sauce, the Dynamite Circle's blowing up. I saw it in there. We have 146 members as of now. And uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, there's so much good information in there. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, we got to basically get a full-time editor in there to parse that stuff down for the people who are really busy because it's just so much great information. It's tough to keep up with. So that's the next challenge of the Dynamite Circle is editing and, and premium publications and stuff. But, I mean, it's super fun to wake up to that every morning. But what do you say we get done with the news and move on to the meat and potatoes? Today, we're going to talk about three harmful small business myths learned from big biz. Even a you know, big biz could be substituted for anybody that's like way more advanced than you. What ends up happening, Ian, is that, and this happens outside of business as well, but you sort of look at the big entrenched successful people and then you make certain confusions about how those things get started. So a lot of people look at a, at a successful company like Nike and then try to apply Nike lessons to growing their startup or small business. There's a distinction to be made here, which is to use big biz as inspiration and then to use big biz as a kind of a model. So I use them kind of sometimes as inspiration. There's something to be achieved there. The steps aren't necessarily the same to get there. You want to be careful about how you draw lessons. And here are three mistakes that we see people making when they're drawing lessons. So here's the first one. Most great business ideas are intrinsic, not extrinsic, okay? So this is a mistake that I see in particular happening in the tech space. So there's a lot of people that are like technology fan people and they follow people like Jason Calacanis and all the venture people. And basically what they think how business works is that there's this genius and his name is Jason Calacanis and he sits in a room and he dreams up of an idea. And then he dreams up of his super team. And then he dreams up the money that he's going to get. And then, boom, Facebook. That's how it works. That's what I would call an extrinsic business idea. So a lot of people are sort of sitting around waiting for this extrinsic idea to be delivered upon them. Well, that's not really how things work. The way things 90% of the time work is that business ideas are intrinsic. 
And so what happens is that you are engaged in valuable activities on a daily basis. You're a hustler, you work hard, you create things that are valuable. And then all of a sudden someone points to something sort of in your value sphere and they say, hey, I'd be willing to pay for that. That's something that's interesting to me. Let's say you're just getting started and you're a good writer. Somebody might, like me might come up to you and say, hey, I'd be willing to pay for those writing skills. You could be a copywriter. And all of a sudden you keep hustling as a copywriter and a year down the line somebody's like, hey, what if you took your copywriting process and turned it into a program? You see how this stuff kind of starts to materialize, Ian. And when you look at some of these bigger companies like Facebook and Twitter, same deal. Those were intrinsic ideas. Those weren't pie in the sky, I'm going to pull together the whole world. And you see all these guys pull together the whole world, and that's not how you know, things work. Let me give you an example of the tropical workforce. You know, we were trying to find ways to bring people into our company for cheap. And we did that for a year and a half. And people kept pointing to us saying, hey, man, can't you turn that into a service? Because that's something that we would pay for, right? And again, that's not pie in the sky, anything. That's an intrinsic idea that came from being involved in the game, from continually working every day and trying to create real value for people. A lot of times your best business ideas are going to come from either your customers or they're going to be a product of your own process. And uh, that's what we're talking about here. Those are intrinsic ideas. And that's about getting in the game. Number two, this is a big one that I learned from Dan Kennedy and I just it just keeps coming back time and time again is that a lot of small business entrepreneurs take branding and marketing cues from big business. They assume that because Nike can come out with some flashy, fumfy video and all of a sudden everybody cares about it, that that's how small business works. And especially people take their cues here in terms of branding. Like if I have this professional brochure and approach, all of a sudden, you know, people are going to think that I'm the cat's pajamas. Yeah, my favorite business advice lately is uh, is to tell to tell people to to build the actual product right, and then to do the logo last, because it's everybody's favorite thing uh, is to go run off and, and make the logo before they even have the business. So when I talk to somebody and they're like, "Yeah, I got the logo, I got the name," and I'm like, "Well, what's the business?" Right? Because nobody cares what your logo looks like. That's not going to be the difference between them buying your product and not is if you have a cool logo. Promise. Let me tell you something that is actionable here. I think as a small business entrepreneur, you need to be focused 100% on cultivating an audience. Okay. Because what ends up happening is like, you think that somebody like Nike, there's like this team of designers and they're dreaming up these shoes and then they just deliver them onto the world. And all of a sudden the world cares. Well, there's one part of the equation there that we sometimes miss, which is that Nike has a built-in audience. They have people who have emotionally opted into that brand and they care. The problem is that nobody gives a crap about your small business and nobody gives a crap about ours. That's for damn sure. And so how do we start to do this? There's a couple things. I'll tell you three different tactics we use. Number one is SEO. SEO is a way to build an audience because people go to Google and they search for information. If you can be a brand that is there to deliver that information to them, that's a way to build audience and provide value. Number two, mailing lists. If you can get people opted into a list by providing some insane kind of value, that's another way to build an audience. And so then when you do cultivate that relationship and you do launch a product, all of a sudden you've got people that are you know willing to back you up on it. A final way that you can build an audience, some people say, all right, well, I've got a boring brand. Uh, you know, nobody wants to talk about my cat furniture or whatever. Well, find something that your target audience does 
care about, okay? In one of our industrial niches, that turned out to be marketing and backlinks. And so what I did, this is way back in the good old days, Ian, I don't know if you remember this, but I created a directory website for our clients so that all of them could get their brand in front of more of their clients. And by giving them something that they cared about, something that they wanted to talk about, something that was valuable to them, I was able to basically cultivate an audience and a relationship with them. And so then when we did come out with new products, I could say, hey, remember me? I'm the guy. You know, you're part of my audience now. You care about me as a player in this industry. And now here's a product based on what, you know, what I've learned from you guys. This is something that I think I'm seeing a lot of small business, especially relative to blogs. You know, there's a lot of hating on blogs, but I'm seeing people, you know, undervalue the importance of cultivating an audience and to have that built into the DNA of your business. Yeah. One thing I want to point out here that uh, big biz is taking from small biz is customer service. So a focus on really excellent customer service. This is something that small biz does a really good job of and big biz doesn't do such a good job of. Yes. So I think it's important for everyone to focus on their customer service uh, because it's ways to win customers too. Yeah. And not just serving them, but trying to delight them in some way. I think that's really the next level. And that's where a small business has an advantage. So put that phone number on your site, get them on the phone proactively, do things that delight your customers, and you're going to get huge paybacks from that. And by the way, while I'm speaking of delighting your customers, how about just answer back to people who talk to you on Twitter? How many like big name people have you talked to on Twitter that don't reply to you? It's like, how busy are you? I don't understand. I'm sorry. That's my semi-rant of the day. I mean, I know some really busy dudes that can still get back to you on Twitter. I don't understand the people that just straight up ignore you. What do you do on Twitter? Here's the thing. I got a question about this. I need some Twitter etiquette lessons here. Okay. Hey, Ian, I agree with you on that point. True that, true that. And then are you supposed to respond and say like, true that, true that, true that? Or do you just kind of like let it hang there? <laughs> so Venkat has this great article about this exact situation about email etiquette and about basically like the dithering length of replies. One way to wind down the conversation is to reply with something even shorter. So I would do reply, smiley face. Okay. <laughs> All right. Point number three, confusing the result with the process. This is a huge one. And this is a philosophical point. So a lot of people focus more on timing than on trajectory. And what I would suggest is that you focus more on trajectory and less on timing. And I often think about this in terms of a curve. A lot of people think they're behind the curve on stuff. You know, It's like, well, I'm too late in my life to start a business. Or um, you know, I want to start a lifestyle design blog, but I'm behind the curve. You know, I felt like I was behind the curve when we started this podcast. That was two years ago. And again, here, behind the curve could could be a motivational tool for yourself. I mean, that's how I look at it. The same way, you know, you look at big biz as like an inspiration, not so much the result. So the inspirational message here is, dudes and dudettes, you're not behind the curve. Get in the game. The only way to be successful is to get on the right path. So you know, if you're having a job, right, and you stay in that job and you're waiting for the right time 
to get on the small business path, just like we talked about in myth number one, because 90% of great business ideas are intrinsic, you're losing out on all those opportunities because you're on the wrong path. And so it's it's like, yes, you know, you're always going to feel like you're behind the ball, but you know, it's just a matter of relative perspective. The fact that you're listening to this podcast puts you way ahead of most people, right? So you can serve those people. So you, you just got to focus less on timing and more on path. Are you on the right path to give you the kinds of results that you want in a long-term sense, in a five to 10 year outlook? Now, once you get on the right path, your, t- your sense for timing is going to be better. And so, you know, you're at a huge disadvantage if you're on a different path, thinking you're behind the ball and like waiting for the right time to jump. The time to jump is now. The time to jump is yesterday. And once you get on that trajectory, your sense for timing will develop. Your sense for timing is all wrong if you're not on the right path, you know, because you're always just going to think I'm behind. I'm never going to jump off. I'm never going to get involved. Right. And for those people, like you're saying that, uh, that should start a podcast that haven't started a podcast yet. You can't even download a podcast in your new car yet, right? So that tells you how new podcasts are. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a huge advantage. And that's another thing you can say, like, that's confusing the result with the process. If you go and buy our first 50 episodes, I hope that you don't start with episode number one because it sounds like crap. You know, I sound like I'm getting ready to get run. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm talking about. And so it's like, well, you know, I can't compete with the big podcaster guys, so I won't get involved. I mean, I think that's confusing the result with the process. And the process is deciding that you want to have that kind of marketing channel, that you want to have that kind of skill set, that you want to build it. And the only way to build it is to get on that path and to start hustling. So let's move on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny joke section. First off, speaking of starting a podcast, I really believe it's still a fantastic opportunity, especially if this is the kind of thing you love to do. If you love radio, if you love uh, performing and sharing your knowledge with people, I think that podcasting is one of the best ways to do it. I'm an audio learner and an audio lover, and I've got a fellow audio lover on the phone. So let's listen to Dan Lyon's top four reasons that you should start a podcast. And he's also got a new 70-page ebook out that I've actually, you know, proactively myself downloaded this and been using the advice. And actually, he's a member of the DC, so I ask him personally for advice um, on how to make this podcast better. So that's why I'm recommending Dan Lyons to you guys. So let's listen to that, Ian. Hey, this is Dan Lyons. And today I'm here to talk to you about podcasting. It's very cool. It's kind of like having your own online radio show. And here's why you should seriously look at getting one. Firstly, a podcast is excellent for traffic. As you know, Apple is selling record portable devices, the iPad, the iPhone, the iTouch, the iPod. But did you know that in order for anyone to use one of these devices, they have to plug it in to iTunes. They literally have to open up iTunes before these devices work. This is why podcasting is having a huge renaissance because everyone who owns a portable device is forced to go there. So that's why you should put your content in iTunes so you can get in front of these people every single day. The second reason is a podcast gives you great credibility. Most people think that those who get to sit behind a microphone are gurus. Now this isn't necessarily true because anyone can sit behind a microphone but it's a myth that we're happy to exploit if it's going to build credibility into our business. The third reason that we like podcasting is because it makes us real in the eyes of our audience. They can hear our passion. They can hear our sense of humor, which if you're trying to sell product, makes things a lot easier. The fourth reason that we love podcasting is because it's audio. So this means that people can multitask as they're actually listening to us. Take the dog, 
for a walk, go for a run, drive the car. Now, they can't do any of those things when they're reading a text blog or watching a video blog, so audio has the upper hand. So you're probably wondering how to get started. What equipment do I need? How long does my podcast go for? How do I get it into iTunes? Lucky for you, I've written and released a new 70-page report which covers all of those things and some really hot stuff as well, like how I increase my blog traffic 104% overnight using a simple podcasting technique. Now, if you want to check out this free 70-page report, all you need to do is go to podcast like a radio DJ. Com. Thanks very much and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, thanks, Dan. That's good stuff and that's for real. And Ian, you've got one other quick tip about podcasting to share to the audience. Quick tip for you guys, the Joe Rogan experience. It's a pretty good uh, podcast. It is at joerogan.net. I highly recommend podcast number 137. On there, he's got our boy Tim Ferriss. And it's not your typical Tim Ferriss um, that, that you might know from like the 4-Hour Workweek or the 4-Hour Body. I mean, he talks a little bit about that kind of stuff. Uh, actually, he talks a lot about that kind of stuff, but there's a whole bunch of backstory um, on what Tim Ferriss is about. And, and this is the first podcast or the first interview that I've seen with Tim Ferriss where he's actually kind of humanized. So uh, I know he's never going to listen to this, but um, it's it's interesting to t- see Tim Ferriss as a normal dude. And if you want to see Tim Ferriss as a normal dude, tune in to Joe Rogan's Experience Podcast 137. And these guys geek out for like two and a half hours. So uh, it's like watching a movie. So if you want to watch The Godfather as a normal dude, check out the Joe Rogan experience number 137. And if you want to see my boy Egon as a real dude as he appears every week, check us out next Thursday right here on the Lifestyle Business Podcast. I'll catch you next week. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything 